on today's expose, I wanted to highlight Havoc. So Ooh. Havoc, also known as Alexander Summer Summers. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get so excited by that name, the Summers. I know you do. So he first appeared in the X-Men number 54 in March 1969. Kevin, that's a hysterical number, 69. That's a hysterical, <laughs> hysterical number. number. <laughs> he was uh, created by Arnold Drake, uh, and he was first drawn by Don Heck. What the heck? Um, what the heck? Has been, what the heck? His what abilities are cosmic energy absorption and plasma beam. So basically, he's very similar to Cyclops, only he expels it like from his body and from his arms. His chesticles. His chesticles. <laughs> he even has a suit that helps him like harness his power, much like Cyclops has to use his visor. Sunshine. So, yeah. Sunshine. The sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and like for me, Havoc has always been a standout mutant, especially when I was younger. Like I would say he was probably one of my favorites. As I've gotten older, he's not one of my favorites anymore, but he's up there. He's up there yeah. now. Okay. I think the reason I like him more than Cyclops is like he's the anti-Cyclops. Like he hates that Cyclops is like this leader guy and the stand-up guy. Boy he's Scout. like, dude, yeah. chill out. <laughs> I'm such a surfer, bro. You know, like I like blonde hair and my, you know, oh waves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've seen him played by Lucas Till in First Class, Days of Future Past, and X Men Apocalypse. Where yeah, that was always so weird to me. It's always so weird to me, like that he's the older brother. I'm like, weird. This is backwards. You know I don't why? Like it. You know why, why? girl? Because right. in Ultimate X Men, Havoc was older than Cyclops. Ah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the live action pulls from Ultimate, uh, the Ultimate Universe, because it was made to be a little more like updated and realistic. So like a lot of the Avengers mm -hmm. costumes are more based on their look in Ultimate than like the classic stories that we know of. Okay. Okay. I didn't read those. I remember. I remember when those were coming out, though, because I remember their art style was very, very two thousands to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, "We're hip. We're edgy. Ooh, we're new." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I mean, talk about dating myself, but I would go to Borders. And I would buy the graphic novel, the big collected issue. So I have like all the X-Men and all oh, the wow. Spider-Man Ultimate graphic novels. I have like all the individual issues of Mutant X, which is a big Havoc, Havoc uh, alternate dimension thing. Yeah, that's so a deep that's cut. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have them dimension. all. I have them all. Wow. So it's Vampire Storm. <laughs> Vampire Storm. I love it. And they're crazy, like weird looking beast. Yeah. <laughs> I go where I want to go. Gene. Scott. Gene.
Hello, and welcome to this week's Solving for X. My name is Sean, and the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. Oh, that sounds so laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Oh. Don't make me laugh. So, girl, <laughs> we had a question last week. Ooh. So our question on previously on was, uh, what is your favorite incarnation of the Phoenix or the Dark Phoenix saga? We got a lot of answers. I kind of feel like. (laughs) I remember when I checked, I didn't finish at the end, but I remember when I checked, there were no votes for the movies. (laughs) Well, I feel like we may have had some trolls because there's one vote for X from the last stand and one vote for X (laughs) and Dark Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i just want to be contrary <laughs> yeah i mean all the power to them if that's their favorite incarnation of dark phoenix i'd like to know if that's real or if they were just trolling. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so i was a little bit surprised kevin so the comics got 15 votes so they got 44 percent and the animated okay. series got 17 votes 50 percent Wow, that was real close. It was real close. If those two trolls hadn't voted, then it would have been tied. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But this makes sense to me because, like, not everybody has read the comics. Like, we talked about right, anime, but everybody's seen the animated series. So mm-hmm. this is, right. like, the treasured version. Yeah. And I'm not mad at it's it. It's the more universal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, Universal doesn't own it. Disney does. so um it's been a busy week i haven't rewatched any other episodes to give any other genegasm updates (laughs) sorry sorry about it i know how that goes yeah but kevin (laughs) how did you feel about the genegasm soundboard (laughs) oh it was so wonderful lovely i love the i'm gonna go the little bell. I know. Come I on, ring the bell. Gene Gasms are coming. I put the bell because of Hammy. The Hammy kept doing the ding ding, so I was like, okay, I have right. to put a bell now. It's meant to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, Hammy, for helping shape our little show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So this week is Orphan's End. Which I guess your guess was close. You said that Cyclops' dad would come back and it would be revealed that he's Cyclops' dad. I guess that was close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know (laughs) how it would come about. But I had a feeling because I do remember that happening at one point in the show. I just didn't know Yeah, you got it dead on, girl. (laughs) Yay! So this aired February 25th, 1995, written by Douglas Booth. Booth. Vowels. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> a plane slowly cuts through the clouds before it narrowly avoids colliding with a familiar spaceship being chased <laughs> by another familiar spaceship. The space chase race battle rages on over New York. <laughs> I was just like, why are they so low? Why are they in space? I was like, this is really close. And then I did that sexy ass cruise. I wanted to be on that cruise with all the people in their speedos in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Gambit was on there in like, his speedo? <laughs> probably. 
Probably because he wasn't in this episode, so that's where he was. Actually, there's like, there's like nobody in this episode, really. <laughs> I, I know it's it. just Cyclops and Storm. Yeah. Now, did you remember the name of the spaceship when you saw it? No. <laughs> it's the Star Jammer. Is it? Oh, it's called the Star Jammer. Duh. Yeah. Because I know the, the Star, Star Jammers. Jammers the Star Jammer. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never really put that together. I just always called it like Star Jammer ship. <laughs> yeah. I know it's funny. They okay. name themselves after their own ship. <laughs> it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the Blackbirds coming to fight today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, back at the manor, <laughs> Cyclops and Ponytail Storm. I love your little bubbly ponytail. I'm like, what is this look? <laughs> You're such a little schoolgirl storm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was thinking of like Dixie Kong, my favorite Donkey Kong character. Swip it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like Diddy. Diddy's my favorite. <laughs> Diddy is your favorite? Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got that peanut gun, I know. But that he didn't get that peanut gun until Donkey Kong 64. In True. the Donkey Kong countries, he did not have that. Mm-hmm. So, just saying. But Dixie Kong, with the gliding abilities, and her little pink hat, and her bubble gum. I love her. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not here to talk about Donkey Kong, but we got distracted. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> they walk with their coffee. They're steaming. Like, that's a sip with their steaming coffee. Mm. <laughs> Why is Scott's mug so much bigger than Storm's? <laughs> He's got bigger hands. Okay. Okay. They were like the exact yeah. same mug, but his was much larger. Yeah. Yeah. I need drink. I need to drink more. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so they go to check on a proximity alert. It's Captain Rachna of the Shi'ar. They are hunting a criminal ship and want the X Men to aid them in its capture. Oh no! Hmm. Oh no! Better run. <laughs> <laughs> Outside, the Renegade ship has taken a lot of damage and it's going down. Alas. It is Corsair piloting the ship. It crashes in the lake on the school premises. Ragnar orders the X-Men to stay away from the ship. Cyclops ignores the request and dives in. He saves his father. I mean, Corsair. Storm calls on a whirlwind to do things. <laughs> no, this was like the most wordy, weirdest thing she ever said. She says, oh, whoa, what should help you affect a rescue? I'm like, what? What was that? Right. <laughs> that is not sexy, Storm. It's not. She, I feel like Storm is very different in this episode with her ponytail. Like, she's just yeah. she seems like less regal and just more just one of the guys. She's a Power Ranger in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Lightspeed rescue. Go. Go. <laughs> Did you notice when Cyclops jumped into the water, he wasn't wearing gloves, but then he comes up out of the water and he's wearing gloves? I did not. I missed that. That's funny. It's really quick, but I was like, oh, colorists. <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops is surprised to find the renegade is Corsair. Okay, so 
I was <laughs> so stupid. He, he goes into the water. He gets to his side. He sees his face, walks him out of the water. He's like, oh, you're my dad. <laughs> or no, not yet. You're a Corsair. <laughs> like, dude, how did you not see him when you grabbed him in the water? <laughs> his face was right in front of you. But yeah. sure. It's like, Corsair, what are you doing here? <laughs> And then Corsair demands his dog takes back. Cyclops just so happens to have it. He opens it to find a picture of him and my brother and my mom. Who are you? Like, come on now. (laughs) This is your like, Oh my god. Oh. He was bothering me in this episode. I was mad. But anyway. <laughs> and then Scott gets mad at the man who looks just like him for stealing his father's dog's tags. Where did you get these? What's your name? <laughs> Corsair, who suddenly realizes Scott is his son, he's like, Scott? Huh? Wait, why did you call me that? It's <laughs> just stupid stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Dude, really? Okay. Storm interrupts the argument as the Shi'ar approach. They demand Corsair be turned over. Corsair Corsair tells Scott he's been set up and needs help. The three jump through a large golf hole and board the monorail. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I shall meet you at the monorail. (laughs) I was just going to bring that up too. I I I wrote it in my notes like, so funny. It's so weird. There's a monorail at the school. What the hell? You could have just said that normally, but she's like, I shall meet you at the monorail. (laughs) Monorail, monorail. Monorail, monorail. <laughs> wow. I, but I hated this revelation. It was so, like, it felt so contrived. He just didn't sound authentic. Oh, that is me. It's uh, so stupid. But there you go. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, the only defense I have is I have to simplify it for kids. But, yeah, it is, like, a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. So we have two cameos here. Um, we- We have Catherine and Alex Summers. So we talked Ooh. about Alex. He's Havoc. But mm-hmm. let's talk about Catherine. Catherine. So she first appeared in X-Men number 108 in September 1977. She also dies in X-Men number 108, September 1977. <laughs> but it's only oh, because that's when they tell the story of like how the plane and everything that we find out later. Mm-hmm. Right. She's actually, she's a very tragic character, but we'll get into that when we get into the backstory. Oh. I'll ruin yeah. your world, Kevin. Well, I know. <laughs> well, I know because she was like raped and stuff. And then they took their DNA and they made the other brothers and like, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. See, I, see, I know things. I know things. <laughs> I was leading up to it for the listeners. Oh, sorry. It's like, I'm something of an X-Men myself. Don't forget. <laughs> That's okay. There you go, sexy Xies. Now you know Catherine, this beautiful, nice-looking lady in this cartoon, was raped. <laughs> yeah. They don't show that part anyway. of the cartoon. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ragnar be mad that the X-Men helped Corsair escape. 
he calls for a full spectrum scan. Oh, and this is the scene I believe when I felt like his eyeballs were gonna like bl- explode out of his face. Like, why is his eyes so bulgy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know why. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I was like, ooh, ooh get your bulgy eyes out of my face. I did not like it. <laughs> All right. On the monorail, Scott still doesn't trust Corsair. He gets mad when Corsair calls him sir. Scott explains that he mad that his dad abandoned him. Where were you when I was in the orphanage? Ah! Ah! It's like, you never came for us. You're a horrible father. I was mad <laughs> right? at him again. Well, I wasn't, <laughs> that's funny. I wasn't as mad at him because I'm like, he's got a good point. Like, he thinks he his does. dad is dead. So why would this space man be his dad? That. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's mad because now his dad's alive, but he never even tried to look for them. What the fuck, Corsair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This one, this one makes sense. Yeah. The earlier one, one did not make sense. sense. I and, know. <laughs> and there's a later one that doesn't make sense that I get mad at. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Shi'ar scan the manor. They find the trio in an underground facilita. Ragnar demands them to be captured. The ship opens fire on the monorail. 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 <laughs> See? Oh, we got trouble. No. <laughs> I think if you Simpsons, haven't seen that Simpsons song. episode, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. watch that episode, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I've been drinking some kind of weird juice thing. I don't know what it is. It was just handed to me. But it's very tart and very citrusy. Sorry. <laughs> That's how people describe me. <laughs> oh, you're such a little tart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Underground, Storm, Cyclops, and Corsair ditch their ride since it's a large target. Shi'ar troopers enter the subway and easily dispatch Scott and Corsair. Storm easily dispatches them back and carries everyone into a jet where she also pilots. You go, Aurora. like she just picked them up like two grown men she's like don't worry i've got you (laughs) yeah exactamundo yeah (laughs) yeah not to mention like full two full-grown men like at dead weight like she just effortlessly is like i'm taking out the trash (laughs) yeah yeah pure muscle man man yeah Scott comes to as Storm pilots the jet. He takes over the pilot seat because ugh, woman can't drive. Although he says the sexy line, I better take the stick. <laughs> yeah. I was mad at him at that part. Like, let Storm drive. She's been doing all the work. Why do you have to take over the seat? Yeah. Yeah. Then Corsair takes over from Scott. Corsair is willing to share his story, but he warns Scott, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it at all. Your mom was raped. It's a sad story. It is. It sucks. Yeah. All right. Scene 10. Back at the lake, the Shi'ar troops lift the Starjammer out of the lake. They determine no one else was on board. The Shi'ar determined Corsair dumped the witness somewhere and continued on alone as a diversion. Mm. Oh, what a smart. 
Yeah, so witty. Yes. Back on the jet, Corsair starts his tale of woe. He says, 20 years ago, he was flying the family back from a camping trip in Alaska. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that just jumped in my throat. A spaceship started firing on them. Alaska! <laughs> the plane was going down, so they tied Scott and Alex together on the only available parachute and dropped them away oh. with you. As the parachute burned, they thought the kids were dead. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't want two boys anyways. Let's start over with the girl. Let's just mourn here on this ship. Oh. Oh. Suddenly, Catherine and Christopher found themselves teleported ab- aboard the alien craft. Deathbird, cameo, Deathbird, Deken and her mm-hmm. men were there to greet them. They experimented on the couple until Catherine was destroyed in front of Chris. Chris was freed by escaping with the Starjammers. Who come to save them, which is very nice of them. Yeah. And then he takes <laughs> them over, and now he's their leader. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> <laughs> so for a cameo, Deathbird, this, I didn't know this, Kevin. I didn't know this in all my oh. teachings. Deathbird actually debuted in Miss Marvel number nine huh. in September of 77. Wow. So she debuted before the Shi'ar did, really, like. She, yeah. like, the story goes that she was exiled from the Shi'ar, and that's why she was separated from them, and she teams up with Modok to fight Miss Marvel. But it looks like this is another case of Chris Claremont being like, hey, I like this character. I want to use her again. So <laughs> he wrote her into the whole, like, Shi'ar thing, where she is the sister of Lalandra, the sister of Deken. She feels that mm-hmm. she's owed the throne, so she's always, like, plotting to get it. it's very like thor and loki <laughs> mm-hmm. and i love all the featheries the featheries <laughs> yeah i think one of my favorite stories with deathford is um uh later on like in the 2010s or late 2010s um sunspot and deathbird like have this whole romantic thing and they like kind of don't want to like each other but they do and it's pretty hot <laughs> Oh, yeah. I can't, but I must. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thinks you're a bitch, but I just want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So what they don't tell us in this cartoon is when Catherine is brought to Deken, he enslaves her and makes him part of his harem where Christopher, like, breaks free and runs in on Deken raping his wife. And in retaliation, he destroys Catherine in front of Christopher. Mm. But the other thing that Deken did is he pulls out Catherine's unborn child from her stomach to show Christopher, like, this was your third kid and I'm going to destroy it. But then (laughs) that kid was put in an incubator where it grew into Gabriel Summers, uh, also known as Vulcan. Who's like very overpowered and evil. Yeah. 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 Oofta. (laughs) Yeah. So if that's not enough drama for you, sexy exes, like that's a lot. It's a lot. And then, yeah, what what Kevin said is also true. Then they 
went further than that, and they also took samples <laughs> from Catherine, and they made more babies, like extreme. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's that one one that's like tech, might be a clone? What was the other one that we had earlier? That's like in a suit. What was it? This is like the fourth Summers brother. Is that him? Uh, I think it's extreme. Oh, he's extreme? Because there's somebody in, I don't remember what it was, that we had in a few, in the season one. I don't remember who it was that we talked about. Is that the, Maybe that was the one. But yeah. Well, and I know um, Chris Claremont, I think it was him. There was talk once of even Gambit being a clone of Cyclops. Uh, and that's why his eyes yeah. are red. But that never came to fruition. Okay. So now, 12. 12. Scott reluctantly gives back the dog tags after hearing Corsair, Corsair's sad tale. I actually got a little teary-eyed at that scene. <laughs> yeah. Surpri- I surprised myself. I'm like, that was really beautiful. <clears throat> And Corsair says that he had known Scott and Alex. If he had known Scott and Alex were alive, he would have found them. He would have like dropped everything and came to them. Like, oh, yes, be that daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, Storm detects the Shi'ar ship catch, catching up on them. Corsair lands, and the trio take to foot. Just before the Shi'ar destroyed the jet, a battle breaks out on the ground. Ragnar tells Scott and Storm that Corsair saved fug- fugitive Jandra. To make a book. <gasps> He's just in it for the riches. Cyclops takes Corsair prisoner and turns on him. <gasps> turns him <sighs> in. Oh, I was so mad at this. I'm like, really? You're so gullible. You just believe everything. Somebody says one thing. You're like, oh my God, this changes everything. <laughs> like, chill out. Chill out. <laughs> I can at least, like, respect the fact that uh, Cyclops wants the full story. So, like, Yes, he said he would wait. Yeah. So that was good. But in that moment, I was like, are you kidding me? He says, like, not, he's like, son, just listen to me. He's like, no! <laughs> You're coming with yeah. me. <laughs> Him turning in Corsair, that was a bitch move. Like, he could have at least yeah. turned himself in and gotten the full story without, like, compromising mm-hmm. Corsair. Right. Yeah. <sighs> That's your boy. <laughs> I know. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Corsair bitches and complains as Scott turns him in. I don't know why. He tells Scott that the Shi'ar do not have Jandra's best interests at heart. Scott ignores him. So I do think this is kind of funny because this little girl is named Jandra. Um, late, much later in continuity, like again, within the past few years, um, Lalandra and Professor X are revealed to have progenated a little girl and her name is Zandra. With an X. Oh. oh. So, and she looks just like Jandra. Mm. So I'm almost like, did Weird. those writers grow up on this show too? Like, did they, were they inspired by the show? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And I couldn't find Jandra in any other continuity. So it looks like she was it's only in the series. Specifically for the show. Yeah. Wow. Back on the bridge, Ragnar thanks Scott for his help. Scott contacts Storm. She reports that she's under attack. The Starjammers subdue Storm. <laughs> so we get to see the Starjammers, including uh, Hepzibah, which everybody really yeah. liked her. Uh, yeah, did her voice sound her. familiar to you? 
Um, she sounded different. I didn't put two and two together about familiar lady. <laughs> I couldn't find anything concrete. She's listed as an unknown voice actor, but I really think it was Catherine Disher who voiced her, who does Jean. Yeah, it just has her. She's laying around, not doing anything else. So come, come by and do this voice. Yeah, can you sound cat like? I miss that. I miss that in this one. I wanted some more of those. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't really talk in Phoenix Saga, huh? And she just round. <laughs> she just round. Here she's she talked a little bit of broken English, like yeah. I don't remember what she said, but she's like, "We hurt it all." La, la, la. Come, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and she said something about, like, Father Corsair is hurt or something Father like Corsair, that. Father like, Corsair, yeah. Girl, girl. <laughs> like, weird. <laughs> Do you think Cyclops is going to call her mom? <laughs> that, I, I can't see it. <laughs> All right, back on the bridge. The Shi'ar have gotten a lock on the Star Jammer's location. They subdue Cyclops, and Ragnar checks in on Corsair. He asks Corsair how he learned that the Lord Chamberlain asked him to eliminate Jandra. Corsair refuses to answer. <laughs> so is this shocking to you that, like, this guy Ragnar is a narc? He's, like, been paid to kill a little girl? No. He's, was, he looked evil from the moment he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> With his bulging eyeballs. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're bad. You remind me a lot of Dekan. I don't like you. So I was just like, mm-hmm. And I know we have our love for Cor- Corsair, so I figured you would know that he was good this whole time. Yeah, of course. He's, and it's, I'm mean, a spoiler. If it's always going to come down to Corsair or Cyclops, I'm choosing Corsair. Even though Cyclops <sighs> is my boy, I, I always love Daddy more whenever they're together. So. Yeah. Daddy's a better character. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the forest, Chode is carrying Storm as his prisoner. Raza, is that the one that looks like Pyroar? Like female Pyroar? (laughs) Female Pyroar. (laughs) Look up up female Pyroar. It's a Pokemon. And tell me what what you think. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's got that weird like flame hair thingy. I remember Pyroar. Or is it the... Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. That does look like Graza. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's there. That little mm, ponytail. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Raza and Hepzibah tell Storm they ain't friends right now since they know Cyclops turned Father Corsair into Shi'ar custody. They take Storm to an empty temple where Jandra is hiding. Who's these? John- oh, hello, friends. Jandra. <laughs> Jandra reminds me of Javna. Javna, Jandra, Javna, Jandra. <laughs> another, another Pokemon. <laughs> no, not <really>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> With Ragnar gone, Navigator frees Cyclops and shows him the ship log. There might be some inconsistencies <laughs> as it shows a faked sequence for three days in the future where Ragnar basically destroys the whole ship to kill Jandra and make it look like an accident. Mm. She is the one who notified Corsair. 
Cyclops suddenly feels bad for inadvertently helping the enemy. Damn you, Cyclops. He's like, oh my god, I was such an idiot. My mistake ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, he did jump the gun a little. He should have, like, trusted uh-huh. the man who helped him with the Phoenix Saga a little bit more. You're right. Especially that nice, sad story. Like, I would have been, like, a little bit more welcoming to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 18. Scott and Navigator go next door to Free Corsair. The three escape on speeders. I was going to say speedos for a minute, but no, it's speeders. <laughs> Into the forest. Just then, Chode breaks radio silence to reach Corsair. He tells Corsair to alter his course 13 degrees. Ragnar is revealed to be listening in. He has he has them now! Oh, Chode also gives a secret call sign. Storm calls Stor- Scott and <laughs> says Xavier sends his regards. Ragnar is keen to learn what the trap is. Yeah, so he makes a comment that Xavier is halfway across the galaxy. So Xavier, mm-hmm. I guess, is still in space with uh, Lalandra getting it on. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you guys, go without me. I've got some stuff to do. Yeah, I've been <laughs> celibate for like 20 years, you guys, and Jean's not putting out for me, so I'm going to stay here with the bird lady. <laughs> yeah. So I do like that we see Rocknar is like, he's not dumb, like he sees what's happening, but much like many a villain, he's just overconfident. He's like, I can mm-hmm. take care of whatever I need to. I don't care if it's a trap. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> The trio continue to fly into the jungle as they are being shot at. Navigator and Scott are hit, but Corsair saves them until they're all shot down together. (laughs) Corsair runs for the temple. Storm calls on the fog to aid them. The ship shoots at Corsair just as he jumps through a hole. A reflector reflects reflectively the shot back at the Shi'ar ship, destroying it. Wow, that's a lot of reflection. (laughs) Yeah, reflectively. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Later on, the X-Men are ready to see the Starjammers back to space. Scott tells Corsair he wants to know more and get to know him. Mm. Corsair agrees to stay a bit. I I love (laughs) when, like, Chode, like, hugs them both. Like, that was a little beautiful group hug. Like, "Mm." Yeah. (laughs) Come to me. (laughs) (laughs) Corsair agrees to stay a bit the two start to get to know each other as they buttily walk into the manor I know is their (laughs) buttilies oh yes (laughs) their little underwears and their little butt cracks there yeah (laughs) I knew you'd notice I knew you'd love that oh all right so that was Orphan's End so what are your thoughts on this episode you know, it was. It gave me what I what I was thinking I would see, but not everything I wanted to see. If that makes sense. Okay. What would you have wanted to like, see? I don't. Uh, I mean, I got the backstory of Scott, which I liked, and I got some of the. I mean, maybe it was just the situation surrounding them, like the whole. What's his face? Ragnar plot. I didn't care mm-hmm. for as much 
Or maybe I just want maybe I just wanted more because you know me, I'm such a softie. I need more emotional stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay, so you're going with expected? Yeah. Okay. I, so I wanted say, to like it more. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Because this one has always stood out to me because it is very action-y. We get to finally answer the question of Corsair and Cyclops within the show. But it does feel a little disjointed in like they're running from Ragnar and that's how the story comes out. I don't know. I think it could have been done it, differently. Yeah, it just feels so weird that they're so separated from all the other X-Men. Like. I just, it's so self-contained and I just don't have any exp- explanation for that. I'm like, I would like us all together and having something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think what I missed from this episode is I would have liked Havoc to been incorporated yeah. somehow. Answer that both probably questions. probably would have made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think like how that would work. How would the story encapsulate both Havoc and Cyclops? Yeah, where what would Havoc be doing about this time if he was in it? You know what it could be is, um, oh, I got it, I got it, Kevin. Okay. So um, Corsair is searching for remnants of his family, and he finds the names Alex and Scott Summers. So he goes to Earth to try to find them. And stuff? Yeah, Ooh. he goes to Earth to find them, which is how they get brought together. But the Shi'ar are chasing because someone who's loyal to Deken wants to keep the secret. Mm-hmm. They don't want him to See? find his kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, that would have made it a most excellent episode for me. <laughs> yeah. And it would have tied Extreme. everything together. Extreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try, if I'm going to complain about the story, I tried to come up with how, what would make it better. So good. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> cool. All right. Who would you say is an MXP? Obviously, it's Corsair. He is just so cool. I love his little goatee. I love his beautiful eyes. I love his hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's wait. They're not talking about that. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> uh, um, no, it was great. Uh, yeah. No, but he's a, he's just really cool. He's, he's just an honest, good guy the whole way through, and. He, you know, he tries to tell us a story. He tries to save the people and always is like, has good intentions. Even if he does like perceivedly, perceivedly, perceived shady things, you know, he's always got good human reasons for it, which I like. Yeah. Um, I get I I like your reasoning because he's close on my list, but I'm actually giving it to Storm. Not only because of that high ponytail that looked amazing, but I just really liked the way Storm was written here because she knows not to get in between Cyclops and Corsair. As dumb as Cyclops is being, she just kind of sits back and watches the two fight because she like, knows they need to whatever go Whatever you guys this. are doing. And yeah, she's like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, time to move. You got to get out of the way. I'll save you. Okay, you exactly. know you can fight somewhere if you want. <laughs> like you really get to see like when cyclops is preoccupied storm takes the reins like she was the one who's like get to the monorail and when they got knocked out she picked them up she she's the action yeah. in this episode that's true mm-hmm. get it ponytail storm well, yeah get it ponytail storm with your bad rhymes <laughs> <laughs> uh what would you say is the x-factor 
See, this is where I'm giving it to Cyclops because his epic optic blast in this made me happy. He's like, I'm hiding behind a tree. And like, like I'm coming through the door. Like, he, was, he was on it with those optic blasts. And then the stances, I'm like, yeah, there's a Cyclops I know. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm also going to give it to Cyclops for the reason, like, this episode showcases the family drama, which is why a lot of us read X-Men. Like, there's so many family ties within X-Men, and yeah. it's always drama. <laughs> hmm hmm Would you like to know what your question is this week, Kevin? What's the question? I think you're going to like this one, and I think I know <laughs> who you're going to pick. <laughs> oh. Who is your favorite Summers brother? Cyclops, Havoc, Vulcan, or Extreme. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Well, Cyclops, yeah. It's Cyclops. Uh, (laughs) Because I feel, I I go through it. I think he's a very tragic character. He's layered. And, you know, I like like his power. I like that he's he's underrated. You know, because I always like to vote for those underrated ones. (laughs) I feel I don't know that about me. <laughs> yeah. I feel similar for my reasoning for liking Havoc. I feel like he's underrated. Yeah. The only things that turn me off from Havoc is he's so like bothered by Cyclops Whitey. and he's so wanting to be Cyclops to the point where in the last two years um he tried to like get into a relationship with Madeline Pryor. <laughs> And I'm like, that's your brother's ex-wife. Like, this is weird. Oh, that's right. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that, wasn't that his girlfriend in Mutant X? I think so. Who was girlfriend I, in that? Right. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. <gasps> weird. yeah, that's so weird. And, like, Madeline has kind of flirted with Havoc. Oh, they were, the like, they were married. So. They had kids in that, I think. Oh, that's so yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think they so, did. Yeah. I think I just don't. I mean, Vulcan's really cool. He's really powerful, but he's so evil. And like, there's not yeah. really a dimension to him. And Extreme, I just don't know a whole lot about. Yeah, Vulcan is like the Broly of X Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, though, on my comic wall, I do have a variant cover of extreme but it's made to look like an action figure of him sitting in the packaging i'm a sucker for those i have a few of those (laughs) i have one of emma and iceman as well (laughs) oh see <laughs> that was my dolphin. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. So, Kevin, the next episode is Love in Vain. What do you think this is about? Love in Vain. Oh. Oh. So, it's sounds like a very prideful romance. <laughs> um I have no idea. I'm going to say, who's in love? <laughs> or, it could, or, or it could be love in vain because it means all their efforts are worthless, are meaningless. Could mean that too. Hmm. Maybe it's a Professor X love story. 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's a good guess. I like that you really thought about the love and like what's going on with the in vain. Um, yeah. I'll tell you this. Uh, what if somebody from Rogue's past comes back to haunt her again? <gasps> That boyfriend that called a girl all the time? I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen the episode. I don't know what it's about. (laughs) Oh. So uh, Love in Vain will actually be the last episode in season three. It is kind of funny because I feel like we we get the Dark Phoenix saga and then we get these two like random one-off episodes. And I'm like, you kind of just ended with the Dark Phoenix. Like that was a big bang. (laughs) Weird. You know, how weird. (laughs) But it are what it are. So we'll see how you like love and vain. It just got me thinking. It made me mad that Jean wasn't around too. Because she's all about like Cyclops' father. I know the secret. And then she's not even here to like revel in the discovery of it all. I was like... (laughs) That made me a little mad, too. <laughs> yeah, I almost wonder if this one and Love in Vain were written to kind of go anywhere after the Dark Phoenix yeah. saga, and they just kind of threw them in as filler, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm excited to see which Summers Brother is the most popular, and I'm excited to see what you think of Love in Vain. I'm yeah. not going to tell you how I feel I, about it. Okay. I would not be surprised if Cyclops is near the bottom because I know masses don't like him, but I will vote for him. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I think Havoc <laughs> or Vulcan will win. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, and where can people find you? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find Sean and I on my other podcast, Words of the Witches, covering... The Charmed published material, and right now we are in season nine of the comics. We shall finish it soon, though. I'm excited. Excited. <laughs> oh, or you can follow my personal page on Instagram, kgz 87 Cosplay Yay! and naked pictures. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, where this week we talk about our first experience on Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway, or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and uh, World of Color 1, the new show. Or you can find me on Once Upon a Cult, where if you haven't had enough Disney as of yet, this week we look at Disney and Disneyland through the lens of... Is it a cult? Why do people love it so much? Like we hold it above mm-hmm. any other theme park. Are there cult like practices going on? Exactly. There you go. Now you got it on all your podcasts. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week for Love in Vain while I'm in France. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yay! <laughs>